Okay, on Tuesday, the Supreme Court ruled that the travel ban is legal. All those radical lower court judges who ruled against it are overturned, and the Democrats are beside themselves. That pesky constitution, that constitution, it's so annoying, it keeps getting in the way of the Democrats' agenda. Chuck Schumer says the travel ban does not make the country safer. Here, I have an idea. Let's send Chuck Schumer on a vacation by himself to Libya, Iran, and Somalia. I'll give him like three weeks there. Let's see if he still thinks that the travel ban doesn't make us safer. You know, has he seen Germany? Has he seen Belgium and France where the people wish that they had a travel ban like this? And their leaders, by the way, are under enormous pressure. Merkel now after this is going to be under enormous pressure by her own people. Now, here's the part that I don't understand. The Democrats concede that this policy is good for our country. They're saying, they're not saying the travel ban is a problem per se. They have a problem with the intent. They have a problem with Trump's tweets about banning all Muslims. That's all I keep hearing them say. So if the policy is good, why is this such a big deal? Maybe you're upset about Trump's tweets, but what does it have to do with the travel ban itself? And may I add, how can they justify wanting to have a country that is less safe because it helps further their agenda. All right, we'll get to all the details on the travel ban coming up. Rod Rosenstein could literally gather all the DOJ documents. He could put them in one big pile, massive pile in front of the Capitol and set them on fire. <laughs> and they still wouldn't impeach him. I'm telling you, you know, Congress has set, get ready for this, folks. Congress, they have set yet another deadline. They've pass some resolution and this time it's for real if in seven days he doesn't hand over everything they want yeah they're gonna impeach him oh yeah sure i believe that one all right president trump did you hear this he announced a new border policy he really said this he said here's my policy he said it's so simple i'm sorry but you can't come in you can't you cannot come in now, look i'm sorry but you cannot come in that's the new New border policy, you know, and he's right. He is 100% right. You know who the real losers are about not having a wall, by the way? Who loses more than anybody else? It's the, the Mexicans and the foreigners who actually obey the law. The people in Mexico who actually say, you know what? It's illegal to cross the border. I'm not going to go. I'm going to wait my turn. I'm going to try to get there legally. And because there's this influx of illegals, so that prevents the legal immigrants from coming here. So they're hurting themselves. Just unbelievable. Sarah Sanders, did you hear this? This is shocking. She ha now has Secret Service protection. Sarah Sanders becomes the first press secretary in American history, White House press secretary, to have to have Secret Service protection. That is how extreme that it's gotten. You know, this is like way, way, way beyond the pale. All right, now, I mentioned yesterday how they took this survey of people, they did a poll, and many people, most of the country, in fact, they say they want the, to deport uh, illegals, people who come here illegally. They want to detain them, and then deport them. Most of the country feels that way, which is exactly what President Trump is doing. And yet when they get asked the question, do you agree or disagree with Trump's border policy? Suddenly, not all of them, but suddenly many of them say, well, I disagree, even though they actually do believe in Trump's border policy because a few questions ago, that's what they said. They said the exact same policy. But then when you frame it as, well, do you agree with Trump's border policy? No, 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 no. And I just want to point out, you know, how twisted this is where you have people believing in Trump's policies, but they've gotten 
so brainwashed by the media, by the country, by the liberals, that they actually, when you ask them the question as, do you agree with Trump? No, 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 I don't agree with Trump. But you ask them just a straight up question, what's your belief? They'll tell you something that's in line with Trump. But then you say to them, well, do you agree with Trump? No, never. You know, remember, and, and that's because, you know, there's this hang up, you know, there's this like aversion, like they're like allergic to somehow saying that they actually agree with President Trump. They like his policies. And yet they can't bring themselves to say it, to admit it, because no, Trump's a bad guy. You know, if I align myself with him, I'm doing something immoral. You know, that's how extreme, that's how twisted it is. And you remember a few months ago, we told you, you know, they asked people, they asked them about certain policies. They said, these are Trump's policies on North Korea and uh, Libya and other things, I think Syria. And they said, oh, those are Trump's policies. Those are terrible policies. And they said, well, actually, no, those were Obama's policies. We were lying. Those weren't Trump's policies. They were Obama's policies. And then suddenly they, they didn't, have a problem with them, the same policies, because now they're Obama's policies. All right, Tuesday, of course, was a big primary day around the country. Mitt Romney wins in Utah. He's on the way to becoming senator there. And two socialists actually won Democrat primaries. One of them was a huge upset in New York, where this 28-year-old, 28-year-old Alexandria Cortez, there's nobody, the first time ever running for anything, she beat a 10-term in this major upset, beat a 10-term Democrat incumbent Joe Crowley, who Joe Crowley is a senior guy. They're considering him, if the Democrats take control of the House, they're considering him to replace Pelosi. Well, maybe not anymore, although I suspect that he's going to run as an independent. That's usually what happens in these situations. You remember with Joe Lieberman in Connecticut, so we may not have heard the last of Joe Crowley, but the Democrat Party is clearly moving way over to the left. Bernie Sanders considers it a big win for him. And he's right. You know, I, I personally believe that this is going to hurt the Democrats because if they're perceived as this like radical socialist party, I mean, I, I just don't see the country rallying behind them. Even they might even prefer Trump to all these socialists. Now, one congressman talk about extremism is getting ready to sponsor a bill to abolish ICE. He wants to ab abolish the immigration agency. Like, oh, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, let's just get rid of them. He doesn't like their practices. He says you, they, you, you can't, they're irreparable. You can't possibly fix them. We have to just do away with them. Well, okay, if we're going to abolish a government agency, can we start with the FBI maybe? All right, now, here's the thing. I'm not sure that I care if the Democrats take control of the House and the Senate. You know, And I'm not saying like George will, like it'll be better if the Democrats take control because that'll somehow help the checks and balances. No, George will, you know, I grew up reading him, respecting him, thinking, you know, that he had great viewpoints. And then I'm not sure he, he went off the deep end, I think, because of Trump. Trump sent a lot of conservatives off the deep end. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it makes no think about practically speaking, right? If Republicans get nothing done or Democrats get nothing done, either way, nothing's getting done in Congress. They're dysfunctional. So what what does it matter? You know, if, if the Democrats pass pass bills, then Trump can always veto them, right? So, you know, the only fear may be impeachment, you know, but other than that, like, I don't know why we even care who's in control of Congress. What have they done other than the tax plan and, and, and Gorsuch? I guess that's the one issue we're worried about is, you know, uh, Trump pushing things through. You know, that's not even a Congress thing, you know, talking about like Trump's nominees and stuff. Follow us on Twitter at The Politics Zone at Symbol T H E P O L I T I C S Z O N E, and you can text 40404, text the words follow at the politics zone. I don't think you have to even have a Twitter account, I think you just text it, and then you're following us as far as I'm aware. And of course, you know, you'll stay on top of the latest political news and political updates throughout the day. So it's just this wonderful thing, and it's free. So why not? Now, a new report in Bloomberg, Bloomberg.com, says that Bob Mueller is preparing to accelerate his probe into collusion between 
the Trump campaign and the Russians who meddled in the in the 2016 election. Excuse me? What what have we been doing for the last year and a half? This is what the report says. It says according to inside sources, Mueller is going to accelerate his probe into collusion. He's he's really going to ramp things up now and try to charge Trump and his campaign officials with collusion. What has he been doing? He's been investigating collusion forever. And he's spent $20 million to investigate collusion. And suddenly, Mueller's accelerating the collusion component of his probe? I mean, are you kidding me? All right, uh, let's talk about the travel ban here. Essentially, what the Supreme Court ruled is very simple. That if there's a good policy in place and it protects our national security interests, the fact that President Trump may have tweeted something that offends you, that doesn't change the policy. The policy is not an anti-Muslim policy. And look at so many countries that, are, that have huge, massive Muslim populations, much bigger than these countries, including India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, and yet they're not on the travel ban. So essentially, the court ruled that, listen, when it comes to national security, the president has the authority to keep foreigners out of our country and protect the country from possible terror threats, especially foreigners who are impossible to vet, you know, because their countries are so backward and they, they there's just simply no vetting system in place. So they come here, we don't know anything about them. And by the way, Obama did the same thing on a smaller scale. Obama had his own version of the travel ban and the ACLU did not take him to court. Now, the court said you just cannot examine tweets when you want to figure out Trump's nefarious intent when he's trying to protect the country. You can't look at his tweets and especially tweets that happened on the campaign trail before he even became the president. So the travel ban is a safety measure, the Supreme Court ruled, and it's well within the president's right. Even if liberals find it of offensive, that doesn't make it unconstitutional. And the argument here, there's a few arguments, but the main one was the Establishment Clause, which it says in the First Amendment that the government is prohibited from establishing any sort of religion or favoring any sort of religion, favoring any sort of religion uh, over any other. So now the argument here is so weak. You know, listen to these countries. Iran, North Korea, Syria, Libya, Yemen, Somalia, and Venezuela. Now, what do they have in common? Not Islam, I mean, last time I checked, Venezuela and North Korea are not Muslim countries, but they are countries that have terrible vetting processes, if any at all, completely lose track of their citizens, and when and they're very dangerous, uh, especially North Korea, and as such, uh, when people come here from those countries, they are a threat. They're a threat of committing acts of terror and other crimes, violent crimes in this country. They are major risk to our national security. You know, terrorists from these countries come from there to here and try to kill people. So, yeah, they happen to be Muslim, a bunch of them, because there's a lot of radical Muslim terrorists out there. But that this is not a Muslim ban. And as I said, the proof is that the vast majority of Muslims on the planet are still allowed in this country. They're not even affected by this travel ban. You know, you know why, by the way, Bangladesh, Pakistan and India are not on this list because they have much better vetting processes. So it's easier to make sure that the people coming here from those countries are not terrorists. Now, it's not foolproof. You know, there, there have been people in this country from Pakistan and other countries, Afghanistan, you know, who actually have committed acts of terror, as we know, and have been influenced by ISIS. But at least the travel ban helps, you know, so. Everyone agrees this ban by its own merit is 100% constitutional. The problem is that Trump is a bigot, you know. And by the way, I believe that even the liberal justices would have ruled in favor of the travel ban. They, they wouldn't have actually interfered with national security. It's just once they saw that it was going to pass anyway 5-4 to four, and it would be upheld, they wanted to make the statement, the anti-Trump statement, and they couldn't bring themselves to actually vote and rule in favor of Trump. That's what I, my personal opinion. All right, what else is going on here? Keith Ellison. Oh, boy. Keith Ellison is this 
a Democrat congressman from Minnesota, the first Muslim ever to be elected to Congress. And he has many, many ties with Louis Farrakhan. Now he denounces him and he separated himself from Farrakhan. Farrakhan, of course, is a vicious, vicious anti-Semite talking about, you know, how the Jews are behind all sorts of world problems. I mean, really, as vicious as they get. Uh, he's the head of the Nation of Islam. And Keith Ellison uh, has had many ties with uh, Louis Farrakhan. I give credit to Jake Tapper of CNN because he called him on it and he pretty much, you know, asked him straight straight up, you know, how are you attacking Trump's bigotry and Trump's anti-Muslim travel ban when you yourself have all these ties with a bigot? And Keith Ellison completely denied it. He said, no, I, I was never a follower of Farrakhan. And, and, and Jake Tapper, again, he, he, he did not back down. The Washington Post has evidence, there's overwhelming evidence that Keith Ellison for years was a follower of Louis Farrakhan. Uh, Ellison denies it, you know, but this is terrifying that he has such a senior um, position in the Democrat Party and he's been a follower all these years of Louis Farrakhan and he only denounced him after it became inconvenient for him and after it became public and he got a lot of flack for it. So pretty frightening stuff. Now, uh, Jake Tapper asked him, he said, the Washington Post, the fact check said, gave you four Pinocchios, Keith Ellison, four Pinocchios when you said you denied your connections to Louis Farrakhan. And Keith Ellison said, no, they're wrong. I'm right. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, when the Washington Post attacked a Democrat, you know that that they're the ones who are accurate. And actually, amazingly, Louis Farrakhan claims that just last year uh, he had a meeting in his hotel room with Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison denied that. So Jake Tapper got him on record for all that stuff again. Very, very troubling, you know, that uh, somebody so con who's considered so main mainstream can be a follower of Farrakhan. Somebody uh, emailed me or left me a voicemail saying that if Trump had said what, what Mark Warner said, then I would just brush it off as a joke. Mark Warner said, you know, buckle up because we're in for a wild ride the next few months because uh, I know things. Mueller and I know things nobody else knows. And look, folks, this to me is way too serious a matter to be a joke. You know, yes, sometimes Trump says things that are a joke and the, the, the media gets carried away, takes it too seriously. We can't compare. You know, when Trump said that President Xi doesn't have term limits, he's a, basically a dictator for life in China. I wish we could abolish term limits here. He was joking. I mean, maybe he'd personally like that, but I don't think that Trump is having secret meetings to try to get, change American policy and become a lifelong dictator. You know, when uh, what else did Trump say when he said that he wishes that uh, his followers would follow him the way Kim Jong-un's people follow him, the way the North Koreans follow their leader. And Trump wasn't talking about the country. He was actually talking about White House staffers. But either way, you know, again, I mean, that's clearly a joke. I don't see any other way to interpret that. Here, Mark Warner Nobody thinks this is a joke. Everybody knows he's in contact with Mueller. Everybody knows that he's desperate to have all this stuff come out. So, yeah, he said it in a funny way. He said, give me another cup of wine and I'll tell you this stuff. But to me, it's apples and oranges. It's very clear that Warner you know, was talking about something which is very serious and talking about it in a way that none of us are even surprised by. So does anybody really think that this was just, just a joke? Now, the Judge T.S. Ellis has denied Paul Manafort's motion to dismiss the indictment. We told you about this. He grilled Mueller's lawyers, this guy, and he said, you're just trying to get Manafort to sing. You're just trying to get him to sing or to compose even, which you know basically means not just to rat out President Trump, but to make stuff up. And he said, this whole thing, you know, it, it's just a ploy. You're not actually looking to indict Manafort. You're just using it to get to Trump. And he grilled him. 
And we told you this would happen. And, and in the end, he's not throwing out the indictment, not throwing out the case. And the reason is, as we told you, you know, I read through pretty much the whole transcript. He was just trying to give them a hard time. He didn't think that there's anything technically wrong with this, this judge. He didn't think that it, it, it it's illegal. You know, he felt that it was way, way, way beyond the original scope of the investigation for Mueller to be indicting Manafort and Flynn on all these unrelated charges. So he attacked them on it. But the problem is that Rosenstein gave Mueller, and there we are, Rosenstein again, and Rosenstein gave Mueller uh, all this amazing jurisdiction, this amazing, not in a good way, but this incredibly broad jurisdiction. No idea why Rosenstein would do that, but it is legal for uh, Bob Mueller to go after all these people, even though it's clear that he's just trying to get them to turn on Trump. All right, and uh, finally, Prince William. Did you hear this is the first time in history that a member of the British royal family has toured Israel? So that's pretty amazing. All right, that's going to do it on this busy Wednesday, and we will see you next time.